and welcome to the Hales Owen Apostolic Church. Apostolic meaning what God says, not what man thinks. Please enjoy this teaching, and if you want more, visit the website at halesowenapostolicchurch.org. I was going to read all of Ecclesiastes 3, um, but the time has gone past, so you can read it yourself. But what's it about? Ecclesiastes 3, 1, to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. For everything. There's a time for everything. There's a time for you. There's a time for me. So, you know, and it goes on. There's a time to heal. There's a time to, to, to rest. There's a time to kill. There's a time to heal. A time to break down. A time to weep. A time to laugh. A time to change. And a, change, and a time not to change. It's, it's, so, it's time for everything. That's what it says. So whatever you think about, there's a time for something to do or not to do. And that's what the God has given us. He's given us time in this life to choose where we're going to end up. To choose whether we're going to know about him, whether we're not. Whether we're going to do what we say we're going to do or whether we're not. A time for everything. And it's so important that we realise that, that God has, has made this everything beautiful and it's time. Whenever you go in, there's so, so many amazing things in this world and our minds can't understand everything. But what it should do with us is give us a time to look at God and say, God, you're awesome. You're absolutely incredible. Just the body, the stars, everything we look around, none of us can understand it. There's not one biologist can understand biology. Nor the scientists that go into the skies. No one can understand. No one can even predict where the wind comes from and goes. We can't predict the weather. Hallelujah. God created the heavens and the earth and everything therein. It's so important. And you know, it's incredible. God says this and I love it. Do you know, I can say this and it's not boasting. It's just fact that I'm cleverer than every scientist in the world. I know about the end of time and what's going to happen. And the Bible says this. He has set the world in their heart, man's heart so that no man can find out the work that God makes from the beginning to the end. We strive for knowledge. We strive to work everything out. We strive to improve life. And look at the mess this world is in today. How good has all man's wisdom combined and every medical and every scientific and every IT, has it made life in the whole world better or worse? Oh, oh we can do, or you can say, oh, it's better for, okay, it might be better for you, but it's not better for everyone. And some of you get out of your seats and go to the slums and see where they live. You might change your mind. Change mind. When, when, God, when God gave me a lovely word, everybody wants lovely words from God, don't they? Oh, 
oh, well done. Well done, my true trusted servants. And, you know, yeah, oh, yes. You know, I had all these sayings come to me that people give, got, you know, even to Linda, my wife. I mean, and she didn't like it. But when, when my, my wife started to reject the things of God, and, and, and especially what God was doing with me, God got her to repent. And then God spoke to her. Mark's at a time and in a place that I've got him. And I will use Mark to do mighty works for me. He's in the right place. And the right time. That's God. It's incredible. And you know, and don't forget, whatever God does, whatever he said, it shall be forever. Forever. Nothing can be put to it or nothing can be taken away from it. All your cleverness, every bit that you think, you can't get to it. And why? Why does he make it so difficult? Because it's about faith. It's about that simplistic faith of believing God, He who He is. And when we learn something of God, we put it into our life so we can do the things that please God. And when we please God, He blesses us. It's so simple. But no, we would rather use all our might and knowledge and all our cleverness and decide what we're going to do. Amen. Amen. But we're in church today for many reasons. And church means many different for, for lots of people. But the Lord, it's for where the people can come together, together, together to do the things that he's asked us to do. To worship, to praise, to learn. But it's not just to take. It's to give. It's to give of yourself. It's to giving your worship and your praise and praying for one another. And getting together and looking at each other and seeing what problems we've got and, and trying to support each other. That's the family of Christ. That's what Christ wants to do. It's not about how clever we are. God, if, you, if you're clever, leave the church. If you think you're clever, leave the church. He doesn't call clever people. He calls the weak and the base. I'm going to say something, and the foolish things of this world. Huh. Why? To confound those people who think they're smart. Because when you think you're smart, you've already lifted yourself above everyone else. Humility? Whoa. Love? Whoa. We're here as a church and we support each other. It's a place of learning. It's, it's where we learn to be a Christian. If we can't do the things of being a Christian in church, then we're never going to do them outside church. Don't tell you me a Christian, you only come to church once a week. How many, how many Christians believe they're going to heaven by going to church? Nearly everyone. So it's one of the greatest lies of the devil, the deceiver. How many, peop how many people don't even bother reading the Bible? And don't pray. It's incredible. And they think they're okay. What a lie. It's important. We come to church, we listen, we learn. God, God, God's always trying to, to take us from where we are to a better place all the time. Every day, every day, every day. Everywhere you go, you see badness. You ain't watching the news, it's badness. And if we get a bit of good news, we go, oh, oh. It's quite a shock to the system. It's incredible. But listen, we're in this church so we can learn and do the things of God 
so that our time will not be wasted upon this earth, so that our time that God has given, which is so finite, that we can find the Lord, that we can learn of him, that we can become the people he wants us to become. We haven't got to be superheroes. We've just got to be a follower of Christ. It's simple stuff. We've heard this morning Jesus came with the power of heaven. The scriptures say that all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. All authority was manifest in the body of Jesus Christ. The Godhead was fully in Jesus. He's God in the flesh upon this earth to bring man back to him, to reconcile every sinner, every Christian that falls away and brings them back to learn the truth. And when they learn the truth and put it into them, it will make them free. And yet we all go from church and get bottled up and battled up with this first thing that comes. First problem that comes. We don't turn to Jesus. We straight away, oh, oh, what's happening to me, I hear. Oh, woe unto me. Well, woe unto me, I have the same life as you. Oh, no. I know it's a bad. And the Lord shall be my strength. He shall deliver me. That's the promises from God. <laughs> He's our saviour. He's the only saviour. Nothing else is going to save me. Not what, not what you think. Nothing else. Jesus came to be our saviour. And he's the only one that actually saves people. The only. Mm. What are you saying, Mark? Yeah, he's the only one that saves. But he doesn't do the work. We're the labourers. We do the work. If you don't labour in the field, how do you get your reward? Don't go to work, see how much time... Don't, don't go to work and see if they pay you. Hallelujah. And when you go to work and you don't do the work, see what they say to you. You're in trouble. Worries, laborers. It's, it's, it's what we're here for. It's what we're here for, to glorify God. It's what he told us to come for. He told us to go and seek and save the lost. He didn't say sit in the church and wait for the lost to come to you because they won't. I've been on to so many people this week that said they were going to be coming to church. Not one has come. Hallelujah. One. And yet these people promised they were coming. Trapped, imprisoned, in captivity? Yes, they are. But we've still got to go and labour with them to ensure that they, they come back to the Lord and begin to listen to the Lord. Not what they think, but what we know. Because God's got a plan and a purpose for every single person. He knows you. And people say, well, what's he got for me? I say, well, don't ask me. Ask God. I said, but we do know. We do know he's asking us to be Christians, to be Christ-like, to do the things that Christ is asking us to do. What's the difficulty? People say, oh, I want a ministry, Mark. I said, well, go and seek and save the lost. What else do you want to do? Teach your children. How's that? Teach your wife, teach your girlfriend, teach your husband, teach your neighbour. Here's a ministry. Oh, I can't teach. You mean you can't read? How many Bible studies have we got? 
Get on the website and you can see how many sermons we've done. Dear me. It's, I, I, I went through it yesterday. I was going, what, look, look at all of this. This is amazing stuff. And some of us are bored. Oh, Lord, have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. Listen to everything. There is a season and a time for every person under heaven. What season are we in? Mm. The Bible tells us that when we were saved, we filled with the Spirit of God, that God would be with us and he will help us every way on our journey. Help every single person who goes to him. He'll help. When as soon as you turn off the path and don't want him to help, guess what? He doesn't help. When you want to think what you think and say, oh, I'm all right and all that, that's great. You're already lost. You're already lost. It's incredible. <laughs> and you know, some of the worst of the scriptures, some of the scriptures, you know, people say to me, oh, Mark, oh, Mark, the teaching's been hard today. Oh, my God, what's hard? What's hard? What's hard? The Lord telling you what to do? Is that hard on your flesh? So why is it hard on your flesh? Why should it be hard on your flesh if you're a child of God? All you do is stop doing the things of the flesh and you can do the things of the spirit and God blesses you. The reason why we get all this is because we think and think and think and think and think. It's pointless. It's pointless trying to work it out. When you're hurting, you need help. When you're lost, you just need somebody to come and love you. When you don't know where to go, you just need somebody to come alongside to you and listen to you and try to help you. When you're anxious and depressed and, and all those things, you just need someone to talk to. We haven't, got to. we haven't got to solve everyone's problems. We cannot. But we can help them. That's the life of the Christian. It's not just about preaching. Showing the love of Christ to your fellow human being. And don't forget, I'm a fellow human being. Okay, I won't say any more. Hallelujah. Just, some of you just think that I don't need any help. Hallelujah. It's all right for Mark. Hallelujah. I oh, know, it's all right. You can laugh. It's okay. Laugh. It's fine. I understand. But my life, my life the last 27, 28 years has been seeking, seeking the lost, teaching to people who do not know Christ, even those ones who believe. They don't, so most of the people don't know they've got a form of godliness but deny the power of Christ. They can speak wonderful words and speak about angels and everything else. But it's not in spirit and it's not in truth. It's what they think. It's what their religion, their religion has got them into. They're on this path and they don't want to listen to anyone else because I'm all right and I love God and I know God and I'm a Christian and I don't need this and I don't need that because I'm okay and I think I'm okay. But that's it, you think. I know I'm okay. Why? Because I do this every single day. How can I get filled with the Spirit all the time? 
And I keep trying to tell people, I say, hey, when you're really down and out and don't do anything else, just, just use God's heavenly language. Let God speak through. It's the flow of the Holy Ghost. He got up a here. It just flows through. And I know that, hey, when I got saved, when I received the Holy Ghost, God spoke through me. And the Bible says that it, it's not man. He said, because when the Holy Ghost moved upon them, he gave them utterance to speak in other tongues. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Interesting. Hallelujah. Interesting. You see? You see what it's like? We straight away, we'll move off thinking about God and start doing what we think is correct. It's incredible. Listen, when we see these things, when we see these things in the, in, in the scripture that we don't like, anybody like, don't like some of the scriptures? Because we don't like them. And it's not that we really don't like them, our flesh doesn't like them. And when, and when the preachers say some things, we go, oh, oh, I wish he wouldn't speak on this subject. I wish he wouldn't have said that. But what is the crux of the Christian life for the Lord to love us and help us to put us on the right track? His promises are going to be with us every day. Every, every path we take, he'll be with us. He turned around and he said, I, you know, that, that, I, I will help you. I'll support you. My, my spirit shall be with you. It, it's not just walking on the side of you. It is in you. And that spirit there has, has to come out and do it. And every week, you know, I hear people say as believers, you know, and, and I see their lives are no different from the world's. The life has got to be different. It's a repentant life. And so, no, no wonder the Lord knew about our flesh. He came into flesh. He came into flesh so him as a man, as a man, Jesus as the man could, could see the hatred and the feelings and the, and the tiredness and, and all the rest of the things and, and how much hard work is and, you know, and, and sleepless nights and dirt and, and, and everything else and the foulness of the world, the stink of the world. And, he, and that made him really incredible that him with the spirit of God him and all that knew how he felt. Because he felt it. He felt the sadness. And he used to feel the pain. And wherever he went, he had compassion on the lost. You know, God sent us teachers to teach us to get out of the mess to punish you, not to say that's wrong. Guess what? When you read the scripture, you know you're wrong. <laughs> Nobody else has to tell you. He's wrong. That's why we have communion, to take it to Christ. It is why I continue to teach and try to encourage people to teach, every single person. You know, and, and, it's, and it's the offer of my time I give to you. My time. Why does the time I have to be what God asked me to be with every one of you, being your pastor? Do you know I will stand in front of the Lord and answer for every one of your souls that come into this church? So when I say things to you or I preach to you, it's not personal. 
It's just trying to help. That's all I'm trying to do. But you know, it doesn't matter what it is. David talked about the finance advice this morning. There's people within our little church that can help you with time management, finance, personal advice, scriptural teaching, how to do things. It's just incredible, practical things of the life. But you know, if we don't do the practical things of God, you'll never get the spiritual things. That basic Christian life, the prayer, the prayer, attending church, Bible study, witnessing, and all those things, the giving, whether it's time, whether it's anything else. And you know, and for all those ones that are blessed of God, you heard what the scripture said this morning, whoever's given much, much will be expected. And for those that, are, that, 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 that haven't been given much, they'll lose it. But for those who have got much, will gain more. It's the scripture. It's, it's, it sounds terrible, but it isn't. It's not terrible. Look, we know the scriptures. We've been, we've been talking about things. We've you've been taught and taught and taught. And, you know, and we've been, I've been asking everyone to consider what they're going to be doing to help me grow the church. And, and let me remind you, now, of some of the scriptures you've got to remember when we are thinking about growing the church, about the loss. John 4, 34 to 38. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. This is Jesus. So do you hear that? My food. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. What's the Lord's will for you? That's the food. That's your spiritual food. That once you do what the Lord's will is for you, you get the spiritual food. Amen? You can always go and eat. Hallelujah. But you can't always go and get your spiritual food because we won't do what the Lord has asked us to do. It's pretty incredible. But do you not say there are four months and then comes the harvest? Because I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. Look around you. Look around you, the hurting, the lost, the people. People outside the church and inside the church are lost. Amen? I promise you, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look to the fields that are already white for harvest. And he said, who reaps, receives wages. Hello? These are people. Everyone wants to say God's the reaper. I'm sorry. We're the reapers. We're the sowers. We're the waterers. We're the teachers. We're the apostles. We're the, we're the salt and light we're the, uh, of the world. Every speech that we have will either give goodness or badness. And for heaven's sake, will you all stop punishing yourself? You all want to go into all what's wrong. Instead of looking for the one that can put it all right. The more you speak these wrong things, the more you're going to believe them. And the deeper you'll go down and down. Makes wants to make us. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. So we reap and we sow and we water together. But if you don't work with one another, you reap nothing. Hallelujah. Hmm. For this saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that you have not even sown. Isn't that incredible? Others have laboured and you have entered into their labours. When we're out into the field of sowing, 
Sometimes they've not even got to sow or water. They're just waiting for someone to take them to that better place. Isn't that incredible? Who is it? Who is it that the Lord's going to send? Who is it that we're going to meet? We're the labourers. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Forever a man sows that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit and will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we shall. Oh, come on, God. We shall. We shall if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially the household of God. Isn't that beautiful? Come on, stop just helping yourselves. Help, help, help somebody else in the church. And it's not just physical, is it? It's, it's pretty can be, but it's just talk about the scriptures. I mean, every time I, 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 I go to things, all I hear people talk about is the holidays, the badness, and everything else. I said, talk about God. <laughs> it's, you know, it doesn't matter if people that don't want to listen. That's entirely up to them. Listen. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Perfect. Isn't it perfect? Isn't it nice and simple? Don't sow, don't reap. Don't give, don't receive. Don't love, don't receive love. Don't give peace, don't get no peace. Don't give joy, get no joy. Have no self-control, you're out of control. I love some of the translations now, and they go, and the people go wild. Isn't that incredible? We're not wild for God. Crazy wild. Amen? It's important. <laughs> Here's the warning again. He said to them, Luke 10, 2 and 3, The harvest truly is great, but the labourers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you lambs among wolves. Isn't that incredible? He knows. He, why would God send us out like these little meat lambs into the wolves. Because that's what they are. Isn't it incredible what God calls them? They're the people who are going to eat you up. They're going to ravage you. They're going to they're make your faith weaken. Mm. That's why we've got to stand strong. God has for us the strength in faith that we get by learning this word. Important. Most incredible is our Jesus, isn't it? Oh, how many times did he say, I'll come to you. I'll never leave you. I'll walk with you. I'll be in you. We'll live together. It's beautiful. John 14, 15 to 21. If you love me, keep my commandments. 
Don't say you love God and you don't walk in his way. And I will pray the Father, this is Jesus, that he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. God's spirit, isn't that amazing? God wants you to give everything you possibly need to have a happy life, even in the midst of storms. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. Every single person that receives the Holy Ghost. Receives God's spirit that God is promising every single person to help you. In your thinking, your speaking, your feeling, your walking. Everything about you. And it's not difficult. Well, how can you say that Mark? Just the Lord to love everyone. And if it, was, if it was for difficult for God, he would have said, I'm only going to call such incredible people like Mark Hemus. Did he say that? No. <laughs> I'm glad one of you has got the... I'm glad one of you has come out with a good, strong statement. Um, ben said, definitely not. Hallelujah. And I love it, because he's right. It's right. I'm only say these things because I was just like you. Got it? Just like you. Got as many questions and as many foibles and as many idiosyncrasies and as many other things, as many anxieties and as many worries. I used to worry, Wendy. I used to worry. I used to come out with a rash all over my face, all down in my groins and under my arms and all across my back because I was worried. You won't see me with a worried rash anymore. I don't want one. I just give it to Jesus. Okay, Jesus, what am I going to do here? Jesus, I'm getting all uptight with this. And Jesus, I'm going to, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, what's, going to happen, what's going to happen to my grandchildren? And, you know, and look, look at the world. The world's going nuts, Lord. I, you know, and my mind's like this and it races me. And I go, oh, here you are, Father. I'm not having any of this. I can't cope with this. That's Mark. Which the same as everyone else. Oh, my wife said this. Oh, my, my husband said this. Amen. My children, dear me. What's going on with them? I brought them up ever so, ever so good. And they're really naughty. Oh, hallelujah. You was a child once. Any of you were angels when you were children? Lying is a sin. Hallelujah. Well done, Clint. Clint's going, oh, no, not me. No, not me. Now, Clint, now you know why William ended up like he was. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's important. But listen. The promises of God. When that spirit of truth comes, he tells us he's going to dwell with you and be in you. He will not leave you orphans. You won't live on your own. I will come to you. And a little while longer, Jesus said, the world will see me no more. But you will see me. As I live, you will live also. And that day you will know that I'm in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. There's the church. There's the church. The Spirit of God living within each one of us. So we are one with God. Remember who said that? Jesus. I am the Father. walking with Christ I 
me, you, and the Father are one. That's one. And we all are joined by one spirit, one God, one faith, one baptism, one redeemer, one hell, one heaven, one God. That's powerful. We're God's soldiers. I'm sorry to tell you it's a battle. We're God's soldiers and God wants the best of us and he wants to arm us. He gives us the armour of God. He gives us the gifts of the Spirit and he gives us the fruit of the Spirit to, to enhance everything about us. All our love and kindness and generosity and faith is always there, trying to build it up all the time to get, make us strong. It's not strong in ourselves, but strong in Christ so that when the enemy comes, we can defeat them. And you know, it's so important. It's so important that we understand this now. Listen to this one last script. Yeah, one last scripture, and I'll finish. One Corinthians three five. Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, says Paul. Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters is anything, but it's God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his labour. For we, we, all are God's fellow workers. You're God's field and you're God's building. You see, that's it. So we know that the Bible says we're the sowers, we're the waterers, we're the reapers. But listen to this. The only reason why he says God gives the increase because only God can forgive everyone's sins. That's repentance. Only God, when he baptises you, can wash away your supernatural, your spiritual sins. That's why it's God that gives the increase. And God gives the Holy Ghost to whoever asks. It's God who gives the increase. But we do all the work. That's where we get our blessing from. It's incredible. How much do you want to be blessed? Lots. Lots. Tell me how much lots is. Lots is a word. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not being disrespectful to David at all. Don't we say a lot of words? Amen? All of us talk a lot. I know my wife says I talk more than anyone else, but I thank God for that. Amen? Listen. Jesus is the true vine. It's a vine. He uses the natural to show the supernatural. Jesus said, I'm the true vine. And he said, we're the branches. And we have to be attached to the, to the vine. And he says that every branch that is attached to me has to bear fruit. If it does not bear fruit, the Lord says he takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. He cuts it back. He digs out of us the weeds. He puts the fertilizer on. He does all that. So even when we think we're doing good, oh, Mark, oh, Mark, you think you're doing good now. You think you're doing good when you start cutting things away from me. But what does he cut away? Cut away things that I think that I'm doing and not giving glory to God for what he's doing. But he should take all the honor. 
as soon as we take his blessings, we're already failing as a branch. It's important. And this is what he said. He's already cleansed us when we've come into the church. So abide in me, and I'll abide in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Isn't that incredible? I'm the vine, and you're the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. And without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and he's withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. But if you abide in me and my words, listen to this. If you abide in me and my words live in us, abide in us, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Isn't that incredible? We can't just keep asking God to bless us without us abiding in the vine and producing the fruit that he's asking us to produce. This is how you're glorified in the Father, that you bear much fruit and you become his disciples. Listen, we want joy, we want peace. And this is what God promises us. You know, his love inside us is perfected by what we do, about how we show we love him. And when we keep the Lord's commandments, he said he'll come and dwell with us. And that's where his love and his joy will be coming from. And then even Jesus turned around and said, I've spoken all these things to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy will be full. Full. And that's my, he says, his commandment. And he said, I've loved you. And he said, I said, that, that you love one another. Show your love to one another. For greater love than this, that, 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 there's no greater love than this that a man lays down his life for his friend. I lay down my life for you. Do I call you friends? Or do I just call you sheep? Hallelujah. I call you friends. Why? Because that's what Jesus calls me. He says, I'm no longer just some person there, some, somebody's got saved and, 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 and the milk of the word baby. He's matured me and he's grown me so I can do the things of Christ, so I can have the things of Christ. And then he calls us friends. And you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Oh, Father, help us this morning. Help us this morning. Help us this morning, Father. Take some of this in. You did not choose Jesus. He chose you. He appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And this is all he said. These things I command you, love one another. Father, today, help us, Lord Jesus. Help us, Father, just to see this clear. We all get our own little type of religion. We walk in our own little type of way. We take every little tiny thing that happens for good and say we're blessed. Oh, Father, we don't have to tell anyone. People will see we're blessed. And we 
way we speak, the way we live, the way we tackle problems, the way we tackle heartache and sickness and everything else. Why? For the Lord said, I know you. I know the suffering. And I know I can come and comfort you and love you and give you hope for your future no matter where you are. Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Bless this church, Lord. Bless this church with the knowledge and the understanding of what you're trying to say to them. So they have the wisdom, Lord, to go and do what you've asked them to do. And if any of you need anything, We won't sing the song because we won't know the words. <coughs> we can't see it. Who was going to close in prayer? Do you want to close in prayer or shall I? Okay. I'll, I'll, close, I'll close in prayer. My dear, dear, dear Father, we come before you, Father. No matter where we are with you today, Father, where we're just at the beginning of our journey, or at the end of our life's journey, we come to you today, Father. I just ask you, Lord, just help us. Be with us, Lord. Just to do those things that you've asked us to do. Not to speak them, Father, but to do them. For that's what the Lord tells us. We should be doers of the word, not just hearers. Father, it's not a punishment, Lord. It's direction for every single person, Father, to get help for themselves where it's needed so that you can grow them to be those people of God that you want them to be, but also, Father, for the people of God that they want to be also. So bless them this week, Lord. Keep them safe. Keep the pestilence away. Deliver everyone from evil, Father. And let's go forth again. And let us try to labour in the field of souls. In Jesus' name.